Welcome to the Too Much Dip Podcast. My name is Dave. Yeah, I'm here. I'm hosting. Filling in for Dylan, who is on his... I guess you could call it his honeymoon. It's not technically a honeymoon. He's just yeah. taking the day after his wedding. I think home. he's just getting like brunch, honestly. It's, it sounds like brunch and other things. Uh, it's big game Brett Merriman. Hey, Dave. Hi, TJ. Thanks for having me. I decided to be here and talk sports. That's what we do here, right? It's what we do, and we do that with KJ Ellis. I don't think it's. I think that's the first time I've used your first and last name. How do you feel about that? I feel great. It's um, you know validation of the decisions made as a young lad to. Uh, abbreviate my name and go with KJ Ellis and not uh, KJ Ellis Jackson. It just doesn't roll off the tongue that way. Have um, you always gone by KJ? No, second grade. I made that change. So my first name is uh, a complete clusterfuck for any waiters or substitute teachers to read on paper and somehow come up with Kajan as the actual answer. Uh, one too many Kajeans. And I was like, you know what? I give up. Let's, let's uh, trim this down. I think Brett, Brett, you just blew Brett's mind. I don't think no, he knew I, this information. I, I knew, I knew what it was. I just have a grandma gene. I was trying to, fi- I was trying to make a grandma gene joke somehow. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I couldn't fit it. But what I wanted to ask you, TJ, is when you change your latitude, will you be changing your attitude? <sighs> well, you've also hit me with something else that I screwed up in the second grade. While oh. I know going vertically or north, not vertically, going north in the country is changing your latitude. Uh, it still feels like. It's the wrong one. You know how I did that was fat latitude was fatitude, which means wide. I know, but still, it's just I'm again. You're so used to linear <clears throat> measurements. So I'm thinking you're measuring like circumference. I, anyways, <laughs> I would also like to be the first. Uh, you know, congratulate Dylan on his uh, on his Maggiano's day, if you will. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Italian eatery Maggiano's. Very much so. Uh, the thing about Maggiano's is that you can order a meal and they give you one to take home. So you would look at today, like you said, it's not really a honeymoon. It's kind of his Maggiano's Bay Day. Yeah. Yeah. Had a little bit of cake yesterday. Staying home to have the next meal today, if you will. Maggiano's is pound for pound the heaviest, the heaviest meal on the planet. I will, so, I will I say that without fail. After all, I want to make sure the record shows that I did not connects the dots between Bay Day and anything to do with heaviness. Way to go, Brett. Oh, I was, just, I was talking about Maggiano. Look, let me tell you, look, you can't tell me nothing about Maggiano's because that was my go-to high school date spot at the uh, North Park Mall. They had a P.F. Chang's and a Maggiano's, and mm-hmm. it was either one or the other. If it Adam's, was like a, Adam's but this not is, along. He's like, yep, that was mine too. This is special. This is like anniversary or Valentine's Day. Like, we're going to the Chang's. I'm going to get lettuce wraps. They're going to go right through me. 18 minutes later, you're not going to see me for about eight minutes. Then when I come back, you're not going to say anything because we both know what just happened. And it wasn't good. It's the Chang sauce. It gets me. I, hey, I, I've been there, Dave. Denny's pancakes, IHOP pancakes. See you later. Brett's got a pancake problem. Usually it's what, okay. chocolate chip pancakes, especially. That is an automatic trip to the bathroom in about 11 minutes after I eat it. I would just say, I don't know, order off the adult menu. <laughs> I just, I, I limit myself to uh, restaurants and locations that usually just don't offer pancakes or they offer plenty of other options. 
You got to be careful Damn. with too much breakfast food and too much like sugar in the morning for me. That's usually a one-way ticket to two cannon. Okay. Okay. Spoken like a guy who hasn't enjoyed a Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. It's been <laughs> now a that we've violated both everyone's uh, lunch hour and HIPAA clauses. How about we uh, let's dive into some of those sports. Good call. Uh, I know the two of you were uh, quite occupied on on what most would refer to as uh, Draft Digest Day, but I spent most of the day breaking down draft grades for various NFL teams around the league because you know it's the only thing to do. Uh, as a father of two, I had nothing better going on. I was just watching, you know, Mel Kiper footage on top of Todd Shea footage on top of enter another draft Hardo footage. Um. And I came away with it thinking it was a pretty chalky draft, if you will. But uh, there's no doubt about it that defense not only won championships, but uh, I would say the results are in that a year or two after COVID years, whatever shortened seasons, abbreviated seasons, super senior seasons has resulted in fewer offensive prospects being available in the early rounds. That was kind of strange. So the draft has kind of been widely panned. I guess no kind of about it. And one of my group texts, somebody's like, dude, what is going on with this draft? This is just not hitting. It's it's the lack of quarterbacks, right? Like that's that's all it is. Cause that's the easiest position to uh, you know, for the novice fan to like sit there and be like, okay, I test, passes it or doesn't. Whereas like, you know, they're mm-hmm. not breaking down film on uh, on a guard. <laughs> no, I, and uh, I love the draft. The the Thursday of the draft, I always get super, super age for. Um, something about it, just the anticipation of a, your your team being changed for the better forever, or you're the fighting Urban Myers and it goes the other way. But all I'm saying is I, I, I like the draft. I like that it was different because it's not just a quarterback fest. It was a Georgia defense fest, but N'Kobe Dean didn't go where all the other Georgia defenders went. So I thought it was just it was an interesting draft. It was fun to be to, to kind of throw a curveball this year. Um. How much of the presentation in Las Vegas did you guys get a peek at or, you know, the takeaway of like, hey, this whole thing's going on about 500 yards from where we were a few weeks back. Did that stick with you at all, the presentation of it being in Vegas? Honestly, I was trying to figure out, like, logistically where it was <laughs> set up because it mm-hmm. looked was it on the water? Like, did they build the state, the, the little amphitheater? The or? first round, first stage was. Okay. But then it quickly switched to like a warehouse that held about 90,000 people for day two and three. Oh, yeah. That's so bad. Who goes to that? Very, very, very diehard face painting fans. Question about those fans. Sure. Does ESPN, like, okay, the guys you see, so Cowboys guy who has the helmet thing. Are Whoa, they flying? How'd you up i've got a anecdote about him but go on are they flying these guys out because they need people to pan to like so you know uh i don't i don't think fireman ed or whatever his name i don't think he's still around uh he was uh, believed disgraced at the end of his tenure oh okay right. bad example mm-hmm. um you know somebody dolphins in that guy, for example a dolphins guy nodding dolphins fan okay nodding dolphins <laughs> fan is very niche i don't think they're flying him out but just the guys you see like the eagles guy like the, you're like oh that dude's everywhere is he doing that on his own bill or is like the team like, hey, we'll fly out these super fans? Well, I can tell you pretty, uh, like without any doubt, Cowboys fan, big. I'm not going to name the company because I know the exact name of the company. 
This gentleman, in fact, was a neighbor of mine for more than three or four years. Jimmy John. Uh, when I lived in Uptown. Oh. Uh, he lived three or four floors beneath me. I watched him move several boxes worth of product into his you know, condo, just line the walls. And I'm like, this guy's committed to the bit. I respect it. And you turn on every Mavs playoff game, every Cowboys event, and you'll see him, same guy, every single time. But you don't see other people elsewhere. So I'm like, man, uh, things haven't picked up quite as much. But I know in his situation, that's on his own dime. I don't know about Eagles fan or whatever, but I did a little digging to figure out how this plays out because much like uh, my obsession with the people behind politicians at certain rallies, I'm like, oh, I've seen this <laughs> quite a few times over the years. <laughs> Does he have a certain T-shirt slogan on, KJ? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, okay, are these just roadies? Do these same people rotate around? Well, first, I do know that there is, like in Vegas, there's the big pool of fans that are just, you know, GA fans. But then you've got like sections of fans and teams. And if you're not, if you don't bring the energy, they're like, all right, your time's out. You're getting out the ball pit. We're going to rotate, you know. They, I don't know if they time limit them or what, but they're, they're watching those, play, those people in and out. They're really? not there all day anymore, like they used to be in New York. That's a Vegas thing. They do that at clubs too. Um, if you're like, if you have a table, they like. I, I've seen it. They, they like the security guys will like. They'll roll in like five young ladies. They'll come in. They'll drink your stuff, then leave. Then they bring in other. It doesn't make any sense. Really? Tab. They don't let you reorder. Exactly. And it, Vegas is really good about that, or bad, however you want to look at it. It's interesting. Can I? Can I? Uh, my main critique with this draft was. Uh, too many different presenters. Yes. A lot of bits being done. I like the, uh, yeah, a lot of bits, a lot of guys who we hadn't heard from, maybe a little bit, um, trying to re resurrect their stand-up careers. Uh, a <laughs> Anybody lot of, in particular? No, no. A lot of sob stories, which it's like, okay, that's fun. He gets to make the pick for his like terminally ill son or something like that. Let, very cool. Love those. Do we need like Billy White Shoes Johnson doing his thing? Or uh, or like Kyle Brandt doing the Bills Mafia routine, then eating a chicken wing. Ed like, Marinaro. Thank you for grabbing the name. I was like feverishly searching because I listened to that live on the radio. Me too. <laughs> and stopped down and was trying to like explain to Nicole like how ridiculous this was. And she's like, well, is he like just wasting time for the pick? Like, does he no. have the pick? I'm like, do you not hear the people aggressively booing? And them giving him the wrap it up, and he had to get fucking sandmanned off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he got a little taste of like, you know, of the juice being up there, like the crowd. And he got a little bit of, you know, he got some action on the first or second line. And then he just kept doubling down, which I do respect. But man, he, uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen someone like have a producer. Walk out and be like, hey, man, you got to wrap it up, dude. You got to get off the stage, Ed. Okay, read the, the pick. Okay, I want me to read the pick. So, there I was. <laughs> Just anecdotes. I tried to pull the audio and trim it down. I'm like, this isn't going to work out of context, but it was just as fun it, hearing it the second time, knowing that you're just dealing with a bunch of drunk middle-aged dudes who, at this point, it was, what, fifth or sixth round? So, nobody cared or knew who the name being read was going to be. But this was anything you thought negative about, like Will Smith fucking taking up the moment. 
Uh, this was way worse than that. Plus some for whatever player's name ended up being read. I agree. Like the, well, the poor player who gets selected, the biggest moment of your life, you have this dude up there for two and a half minutes. Ed Marinaro. Ed Marinaro, owner of Amagianos, undoubtedly. Probably a firehouse subs as well. <laughs> I just like, come on, Listen, guys. Guy, our stock would be fucking hitting the roof on calling that shot a month early. That oh. would have been beautiful. <laughs> all-time noise, though. It is an all-time noise. They've got that going for them. You can't take it away. Masters music, one. That noise is in the top 10 for sports noises that are not uh, related to the play of the game. Okay. That's a good list. We should, comp- we should do that list one day. Like ball on the bat? No, that doesn't, that doesn't count. Right. Like draft, right. ESPN draft noise? Yes. Fox injury music? Yes. Sad, in- sad, uh, sad robot music? <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to make an unnecessary negative hockey comment about a sad story I saw. Oh, gosh. The, uh, goalie who's triggered by noises in the game and had to like overcome some of that but that would have been unnecessary it was a sad story in fact the uh fireworks death we had last year the one of the survivors oh, was like, oh, oh yeah time to get over the goal horn and the cannons in the stadium so yeah oh. that's one of the sadder stories of all time oh I, I did not make the joke no there, no i i know I, I I had forgot all about that. Yeah, fireworks accident that resulted in the death. Oh my of a, god! Of a, it was a New Year's Eve thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a team party thing. Yeah. Oh no! In a hot tub. KJ normally uh, reserves those moments for the sports party. Right. I got it out of the way. way. Although he didn't make the joke, there was no joke to be made. He didn't make it, even if there was. Um, okay. Uh, the only quarterback drafted in the first round, or really in the first three round. First two rounds, I should say, was Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh. None of us have any substantive hot takes to give on any draft specifically. I do want Brett's take on on trading in to get uh, Elam out of Florida in a minute. But uh, are you? Do you think any of the teams that ended up picking quarterbacks, Tennessee getting um, Malik Willis later in the third round, Atlanta taking Ritter, or Pittsburgh getting uh, Pickett? Do you think any of them are going to walk away with like? Hey, there's some teams who like thought this was an absolute shit quarterback draft, and we proved them wrong. Maybe with like Matt Corral, and you know, getting getting Matt Rule, getting his hands on Matt Corral. I don't hate that. And Sam Darnold is not exactly like gonna blow the lid off Carolina, right? So I, there's something there potentially, but like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, there's Desmond Ritter. I'd like to see them get snaps. I don't. I don't think anything's going to blow the blow the league up year one. I think the, the league is too good with quarterbacks right now. Anyway, I, I think if you're if you're searching for a quarterback still, you are you're almost better off going to get somebody else like a Teddy Bridgewater than trying to find something in this draft. Which Teddy is where right now? Miami. Uh, Miami. Yeah, him and two are in Miami. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if the amount of trades of high quality, big name players over the last year or two, if that's had any impact on like our lack of enjoyment of the draft, because we did get the Eagles trading trading uh, for AJ Brown from the Titans. You also got the Ravens sending Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. Um, can I can I address Eagles fans for a second? They bitch every year about not having receivers. Every single year between Rager and Arthur Whiteside and like you name it, they always pick one. There's a common denominator and it's been your quarterback play. 
Aguilar. Ad Nelson Aguilar, (laughs) current Patriot, like Eagles bitch about pass catchers. It's like, hold on a second. Look in the mirror and look at Wentz and and Hurts the last couple of years here. Uh, That's my my PSA. They've had just as much room to talk shit about the wide receivers they've had as the Packers did or have. And the Packers have turned wide receivers into something given that they've had a quarterback there to do it. Um, But at the end of day one, when the Packers walk away with two first round draft picks, neither of them receivers, granted their picks came after all of the runs on receivers. And the guy they took was not a late first round guy to take Uh, Christian Wilson. uh, Brother. Yes. Thank you. Like you're not taking him in the first round. So I enjoyed watching all of the heat on the Packers front office after day one. Like, Hey, we love these two Georgia players. They got, but uh, Aaron Rodgers has no wide receivers. I'm like, well, fuck them. <laughs> Everybody's favorite bench player, Marquez Valdez Stantling. Like they, they can, he can turn middling receivers into outperforming Alan Lazard types. And that's just how they do it. I did not realize that Valdez Scantling ran a four three six, and he will be doing so in Kansas City now. But uh, mm-hmm. that's basically a carbon copy of what they got on North Dakota State. Uh, David, any thoughts or concerns about how strong, quote unquote, of a draft the Eagles, or that how strong of a weekend the Eagles and potentially the Giants had? Uh, no, because while I did get, I think they did get better. I think that's everybody believes that. Like Brett said, at least in Philly's case. Who's throwing the ball? Like, what are they? What are they doing there? Um, the Giants they they elected to not they exercise not. the fifth year, right? Daniel Danny Jones. Dimes, yep. So I don't. What is that? Are they waiting? Is next year like? Because everybody says you know next year is the the quarterback rich draft. So next year is the year they're gonna target to, uh, a quarterback in the first round. I would assume it's put up or shut up time for uh, for Danny. Yeah, which. That I don't have a lot of faith in him, uh, the combination of him and Barkley. So, no, I mean, like, people have widely – well, a lot of people have panned the Cowboys draft, um, at least early on. And I'm just thinking, like, with Dak, I think our window, I'm doing – I'm not I'm not getting any delusions of grandeur, but, like, three years, three or four years. And, and, and you know, maybe if, if New York makes that – somehow gets a good pick next year – Picks a guy. I don't even know who who's the the hot name, but like I think our windows don't align. Philly's the one you kind of worry about, just because Philly's the the real rival. Um, the team from Washington, they I never fear anything they do because they're just at some point they're just going to have to fold the franchise, or at least I don't know because like every <laughs> every week there's a new Dan Snyder thing. Yeah, that's that's up there. That's sell the team. I mean, if I was a fan of the Commanders. I'd probably be more uh, anti Dan Snyder than I am the Pagulas, and that's saying something. That's and you don't like the Pagulas at all. No, you've as, made as that I, very clear. I, every time I, I'm on this podcast, I have to throw a shot in. They took defense too, didn't they? Commanders took another DT, didn't they? First round. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, they went defense heavy as well, but I. It's weird because I don't care for the organization at all, but I really like Ron Rivera. Um, so, oh, I have a great story too. I've got no qualms. If he is successful, I don't need to see Dan Snyder being successful at all. And there's really no parsing that out right now. Um, I did have a a note here. I I don't realize, I'm not sure which one of you added it, but uh, SMU had two players drafted. Oh, 
with, uh, I appreciate y'all highlighting that because that was two more, I think, than Texas, Texas State, wow, TCU. No, didn't have to mention Texas State. Everybody, it's kind of given, bud. <laughs> no, seriously, no, no Longhorns drafted KJ. Zero. Well, didn't they have like BJ Foster? Isn't he like a dope safety? No. Wow. And Man. only one person from Auburn. I threw Auburn in there to get a straight. Like you know, they had one drafted. I could have. I could have picked Oregon. They only had one player drafted. Um, granted, he was the fifth pick overall to New York, but that was their only draft pick. Which it makes me wonder if. The play, the teams, those teams were really that talent depleted, or if we get to the point with some of these drafts where we rely too heavily on the outcome of some of the games and the records of some of the teams, because yes, Georgia was absolutely loaded with talent. Were they fifteen players getting drafted loaded with talent? I don't know. Me thinks there's uh, some some was it rising tides lift all ships kind of situation there. You look at what the Texans did. Unless you played in Texas or the SEC, the Texans apparently didn't scout you. I'm sorry, Lovey Smith, but that was pretty questionable. All of their draft picks came from the South or Southeast or Texas. And I'm like, you just didn't have enough money to pay a guy to go fly and see anybody play in the Pac-12 or in, I don't know, the Big Ten. It just, you can't tell me that every single time that the, draft rolled around to your side, like nobody else was available or worth considering. And that's, you know, of 250 players that 90% of them, you know, uh, are only in the SEC. Like that's silly. Well, that's because um, Easterby was the team chaplain. He doesn't support any player. Not that uh, that's from a secular state, like the ones up North. That's a great that's point. True. That's true. There was uh, some uh, value found later. And I guess it was day two. Uh, was that little sass who got drafted? That was one of the that. funniest videos I've ever watched in my life. Oh my god, it was, that was really good. And people were like, "Oh, you copied this person?" No, he didn't. This that was completely original and and fucking so well done. Just a little sass. Shout out to little sass. I uh, think you did ask about Kyir Elam, KJ. Yes, yes. What was your to- thought? Of the teams that I saw with less than glowing reviews after day one, is you know, Packers only got knocked because they took the best players and they didn't fulfill their dying need at wide receiver. Yes. Uh, Cowboys similarly, you know, took some heat for who they take in the first. I, the I tackle from Tulsa? Tyler right? Smith. Oh, yes. For maybe reaching there. Obviously, Sean McVay laughed his ass off publicly at the Patriots, but again, that's who was left at tackle for both those teams. The Bills show up and make, I guess it was the Eagles look like geniuses here, or no, the Titans. Whoever it was flipped a pick basically for this, giving it to the Bills. And the Bills took Kyrie Elam, who people thought was strongly considered a second rounder. Yeah, I, I don't hate the athlete. Anytime you get an Elam from Florida, like Matt Elam, former uh, Chicago Bear, on one of my favorite safeties when he came out, but rangy, lengthy guy. So I'm never going to hate for like a, an athletic player like that from Florida going to Buffalo. I don't like trading up. For, you could you could have just sat there for two picks and got him. I don't think there was any danger of him going at 24 so she was just got him at 25 this that this is like every cowboys draft from like 15 years ago just like Like, this was the conversation yeah Uh, it's unbelievable i did like their when they went james cook next uh running back from georgia 
Dalvin Cook's little brother. Great pick. And then uh, next with a, uh, a Baylor linebacker, Dave, Terrell Bernard. Good player. Ooh, Baylor I had four he, players drafted. Big 12, like either the leader in tackles in the Big 12 or first team all Big 12 a couple years in a row. He he did not get the pub that Jalen Petrie got on that Baylor defense, mm -hmm. but he was a key to that defense. Yeah. So I don't – three picks, two uh, two big needs, you know, defensive back. And Elam can kind of play corner, safety. He's a huge dude. Um, running back a need and then linebacker probably their biggest need. So don't hate what they did. And they got the punt god, Matt Azaria. People were mad about the Arasia. punt god. People were mad that he was not the first punter taken in the it's draft. It's insane that he wasn't the first punter. What, what, what's the story there? I, I don't really, I didn't break down any of his punting film. He just fucking, uh, he, he nukes balls. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a he lefty. Which San Diego State guy, right? Yeah. Uh, outside of that punt that has yet to land in Lubbock, he too has had uh, a punt or two that has gone viral for all sorts of reasons. I butchered that word, but. Uh, he's up there for the same similar similar reasons. Sometimes at night, I just go outside, take a deep breath, look up to the stars, and I just think, man, that punt's up there somewhere. One of the it's got to come down at some point. <laughs> hey, one of my favorite like picks for your Cowboys, Dave, yeah. Sam Williams, Ole Miss defensive end. I thought you'd like that. Yeah, he's uh, the 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 term one trick pony gets thrown out a lot, but I feel like that one trick he has and being able to pressure the quarterback is a really good one. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to act like I knew much about him before, but we obviously lost Randy Gregory in the offseason, so you got to do something there on the edge. But On a tremendously porous defense, he was probably the most respectable player. Okay. Yeah, like he had 12-plus he had sacks. He's a, he can ball, man, the SEC. And they knew he was the only one they had to watch out for. He still made things happen. So he's getting game planned for Absolutely. is what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. He's got some allegations that I think have been sorted through. Charges dropped. Charges dropped. Okay. Sure. So there's that yeah, part of it, but obviously he didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't. I can't speak to that. I I've not reviewed nor passed judgment on these, but the football player is a good one. Fair. Randy Gregory had yeah. some too. It was just pod. <laughs> it was definitely in a different ballpark. Um. Yeah. The Cowboys draft. I'm I'm fine with it. I don't really get that excited over it. Last year was you know different because Micah Parsons fell to us, but uh what a freaking pick. Yeah, and and the funny thing about that is people forget had had like one of those corners been there, Cowboys absolutely would have drafted a corner and Micah Parsons would have gone wherever. And, you know, the rest of history. Only or to Baltimore. Oh my God. Like, that's the type of player that Pittsburgh and Baltimore hit on every single year, it seems like, which Shouts to Baltimore, like trading away a wide receiver like that when you know the wide receiver market's overheated, so to speak, and you've got an undersized, talented, but not franchise-changing wide receiver like you had in Hollywood Brown. Offloading him and being able to turn that into picking up not only, well, Kyle Hamilton they already had the shot at, which in some conversations was a top five pick uh, going into the draft. Um, but they also picked up, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, who's, you know, far and away the best center available. They're going to run the freaking football like they did when they were successful two or three years ago. I think this is the biggest commitment to saying, like, we know what Lamar Jackson's skill set is. We're going to stop, like, overextending ourselves, pretending like it's a lack of weapons uh, that's going to get them there. They may still end up with, like, age or Julio Jones or something like that. I don't know if Julio signed already, but 
Um, they may end up with another big body around, but it's the Rashad Bateman show as of now, which they spent a first round draft pick on a wide receiver last year. So why are you going to stick around with two of them uh, and then overpay one of them? Has it been confirmed that Hollywood asked for the trade? Uh, unsure, but I think that it had a lot more to do with them, him seeing them draft a number one wide receiver in the first last year, and then probably whatever direction his contract talks were going. And he wanted to play with, uh, Kyler. Kyler's his boy. I really like the Ojabo pick too, the kid from Michigan, the edge rusher, because he got like, I think he tore his Achilles at his pro day and he was otherwise a very much a first round pick or whatever. Yeah. And no, it was at his pro day. It wasn't at the ACL. At ACL. He had he had a one day pass. He got out of there healthy. <laughs> Just imagine, like uh, speaking of ACL, actually, the worst is, is, place Baker, to get is Baker Mayfield traded yet? Are we on Baker watch? No, but he has one less place to go now. I would say with uh, the Matt Corral pick potentially. Uh, did Seattle sort out their quarterback needs? I do not think so. Right? Like they're still rocking Drew Locke. Oh gosh. I like Drew Locke a lot, and I liked the, the change of scenery there. But I don't Wait, know. who's he competing with? Because I think he's. Lo- I saw somebody on the TL. Whoever that is in the running for QB one is beating out Drew Locke, from what uh, I've will, seen. I will tell you it's, right this second. Um, it is Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Geno Smith, let's go. And uh, one of my favorite college card, players, Jacob Eason, out of out of uh, uh, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, Georgia, yes. Oh, was he Washington first in Georgia? Jacob Eason? Yes, he was. Maybe, who knows? Who, who what are the And then the Georgia quarterback, one of them just left, not uh, JT Daniels, right? Correct. He is uh, now at West Virginia, I believe. Oh, I'm sure that'll be uh, no fun. Not Dana Holgerson, but the other guy, Matt Brown, former coach at another place. I've got all the facts today. All right, well. That's the draft. All of your teams are going to win a ton of games, not including the Jaguars, who had a strong day, but it's easy to have a strong day when you have the first overall pick and several picks to follow. Um, we did pick up a running back out of uh, – uh, we picked up Connor. Name has escaped me. Um, yeah, out of uh, Ole Miss. Um, is that what they do? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. It's more well, they they do like the Heath Miller thing where he's just like snoop every time he touches the ball. It's kind of oh. cool. They also picked up uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming, one of my favorite linebackers. I love that pick. To yep. be very generic draft guy. Um, Look at y'all yeah, draft we, guys. We did all right. We did all right. Very cool. Um, do you guys want to go go through every team and give your grade? No, I'm good. Okay. Everybody, nay. Can I can I give a grade on these jeans that I'm wearing right now? Sure. A plus, they're Muggsy jeans. Wow. How you feel about that? Muggsy's are the most comfortable men's jeans on the planet. They recently sent us sent us some, and the only problem is that we all have the same uh, whitewashed pair. They're not whitewashed, but they're lighter paired. Yep. And we all kind of wear them at the same time, and I feel like we need to coordinate better. We do. They're the same pair, but it's because they look so good that I'm just going to keep wearing them. We made Will DeFreeze, noted not jean guy, a jean guy. What's the secret here? They're built with a proprietary stretch denim, and these jeans look stylish, but it feels like you're wearing sweatpants. Can I ask you what the mix is, Dave? Uh, no, I can't because it's proprietary. It's proprietary. I was going to say, I, I really don't know why you put me on the spot, but good. The stretch jeans for men, they're the first to do this. Comfort anywhere. The fit's ideal. More room for the boys. And of course, by the boys, we mean like your genitals, right? Yep. That's what we're talking about here, KJ. 
Can confirm. Can confirm. There's no bunch. Never too baggy, never too skinny, always just right. They feel good. Over everything, they represent comfortability and style. Wearing Muggsy jeans, you will never sacrifice feeling good for looking good. I've had some expensive jeans in the past that just did not feel good. They looked okay, but wearing them, they just didn't feel good. Muggsy jeans look good and they feel good, and that's the most important thing. Free your balls once and for all. Agreed. Been saying it for years. They're also breathable. I'm going to give them credit. I went out on a hot day in Mudsies, just testing the waters. They passed the test. Do your legs a favor and head on over to Mugsy.com to pick up a pair of the most comfortable jeans we've ever worn. That's Mugsy.com and enter promo code BANG for 10% off your entire order. Again, Mugsy.com. Use promo code BANG for 10% off. Free your balls once and for all. Speaking of ball... Ball is life. Hey, hmm. so the next eight days of my life are going back and forth between NBA and NHL playoffs because I don't think there's a day off in the next eight for Dallas teams. I was going to say, did it line up so that you are on no days off schedule? I, I, Friday, I believe, is the only one. Only day off. Is there no game Friday? I believe Friday is the one day of reprieve. <sighs> Could be wrong, but either way, the Stars and Mavs are playing on alternate days in the worst time zone. Yeah, we'll focus on the NBA right now. Um, the Mavs got that old uh, 9 p.m. tip, 9 p.m. Central tip tonight. Mavs Suns, no, li- like quite literally no one in the media has picked the Mavs. Hmm. <laughs> the best I've seen is, is uh, Suns in seven, and I get it. That's fair. They're, I think most people expect them to, to be back in the finals, the is, Suns that is. but Is Booker healthy? Yes. He played in uh, okay. their previous game. Because that feels that feels like a bit of a story if he's not. Also, yeah, he, uh, last, both sides. I watched the, the, the last Mavs playoff game, and uh, I knew this going in, but I didn't quite realize how involved Mark Cuban is on the sideline. It's a little they, much. They, the camera loves finding cubes. If he finds the bench for the Mavs, it has to find him. He sits like two seats adjacent. He's it's, right there. Like he's he's having conversations with like Boban. He is slapping the floor at times. <laughs> Look, it, it doesn't even like register on my radar anymore because when Cuban bought the Mavs, that was pretty much when I started like become like really, really watching basketball. Mm-hmm. And so his like first five years, maybe six years, he was so ridiculous and absurd. And he was the story that now, like the fact that he just sits at the end of the bench, basically is that doesn't, it doesn't even register with me. It's like, Oh, okay. At least he's not, you know, getting into getting fined every week, doing the D- dairy queen bit. Remember that one? I know KJ remembers that one. Um, I don't re- remind me. I believe I know, he- I know- Racked up about $180,000 worth of fines intentionally. but He made a comment that one of the officials was not fit to uh, work at a Dairy Queen, which is uh, oh, come on. kind it's of hard ins- work. very insulting. And uh, to make good, he he did like a, a publicity stunt where he like worked at Dairy Queen for an hour and was like serving cones. And the, all the camera crews ate it up, all the, the local news channels. And it, was, and it was fun. It was like the crazy billionaire who just, you know, Diminish people who have yep. working class jobs. Yep. So he pulled the political move, spun it, did it himself, photo op. I, of- I want to say that the thing that makes him seem less crazy now is that Steve Ballmer exists. That's Pretty very cool. True. Pretty cool. Yeah. Steve Ballmer's like antics, even though he doesn't sit adjacent to the bench, 
I think that's really what's helped out quite a bit. Watching uh, the owner for the Jazz, not Dwayne Wade, by the way, uh, Ryan Smith, I think his last name is, who's fairly young. He's like low 40s, you know, tech bro, bro savvy tech guy from Qualtrics fame. Um, I have an NFT I like to sell him. He is very, very chill relative to anything of his contemporaries of that age. But anyways, back to the basketball side of things. I agree. Mavs late Suns. They're number one in the league by a long shot in terms of record. They've beaten the Mavs by an average of eight points every game that they played this year, but they have not played since the Porzingis trade. Luca missed two of those games also. Mm, So it's, it's very difficult for me to just look at this and say Suns and four Suns and five, like without question. Um, if it's anything further than Suns and six, like Suns and six or seven, not saying participation points count, but I don't think the Mavs should be pissed. No, but the thing that I'm not looking forward to is the fact that, yes, it is a late start, and a lot of these games are going to be 9 p.m. tips, meaning I will be, I'm already going to have to go to bed way later than normal. I'm also going to have to go to bed just thinking about whatever Chris Paul does that just pisses me off and rubs mm. me the wrong way. After a lot, I mean, and odds are they'll probably, they're, they're going to lose probably both games in Phoenix. And it's just going to be putting my head down on the pillow, you know, juiced up with adrenaline and just anger at whatever Chris Paul, like, I don't know, like kicking uh, Dodo in the nuts or something. He had a nut kick last round. He did. First to the playoffs. Somebody said that the playoffs don't start till Chris Paul put, puts his foot in somebody's balls. Happened. Um, just shit like that. I don't. I, I like Chris Paul off the court. By all, I mean everybody says he's a great guy. You hear great stories about him on the court, though. Just, just all time unlikable. You know, Dave. He's really the type of guy that your team likes to have on it, but hates to play against. Isn't that right? That that's very <laughs> true. Because he did go fourteen for fourteen the other night in their closeout game. He's really, really good. Can I give you a wild card prediction? Not the wild card playoffs, but like here's my sure. wild card: Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, DFS. Dodo. Dodo. Yeah, he's gonna make shots. Actually, honestly, my favorite player outside of Luca is Jalen Brunson on that team. Wow, loved the way he played in that one game I watched. Hey, you're going into the deep cuts. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. Okay, dude, look, hey, Mavs and seven, Dave. Finney-Smith is a big, big component to what they're what they're doing. If they're gonna have any success, he gets that corner three. He's got to make it. Well, that's, that's this is happens. the only healthy, healthy series in the uh, conference semis. The other three are, uh, well, I, uh, let me take that back. Warriors Grizz is fairly healthy. Um, I don't know if you want to call it like Draymond Green's mental state and ability to get ejected from any game he plays in like it's a problem, but he got kicked out before the first half was over. Um, they've got Jordan Poole. If you haven't paid attention to him, Michigan guy. Second, third year, I want to say. The dude's absolutely flames. Um, yeah, the Grizz yeah call him Lapacini because he's wet. Exactly. That means pool. <laughs> that <laughs> actually works. It's his last name. It's the outcome other than the Mavs or the Grizz advancing to the finals that I want to see is the Warriors go toe-to-toe with the Suns and torch them in the end. Um Anything short of that happening, I need to see the Grizz or the Mavs in the finals. Anything hey, else? Like, I can't deal with So, Draymond gets ejected, flagrant two. Yeah. Did he record a pod, like, two hours after the game? <laughs> I think he went right into the stew. 
Is that a thing that he does often? I knew he, he had like that going, that outlet going, but I didn't know he was just going, he was getting on the bus, going back to the hotel and just getting right into the studio. Um, it's weird to hear you say like you're unfamiliar with someone being so committed to the content game. Uh, Cause aren't you the one that's taught everybody else like content is life and content is king. Uh, so Draymond believed that he bought into that. I don't know if it's facts, but I do know we've had like what Richard Jefferson, JJ Reddick, like do pods on the airplane back, like after games. So I have no idea if Draymond did this as well. Just imagining Draymond all pissed off, like emailing his guy like, Hey, I need the copy for, for Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the ads this week, man? Hey man, that we gotta, we gotta update this copy dude. This is from last week. Yeah. Like, whoa, this is week this, 13's copy. I mean, is this even fucking, what am I doing here? I'm running a fucking clown show. Oh, you sound like a guy who's been on the wrong end of that conversation a few times. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. His intern Adam is seeing the ejection happen in real time and realizing like he didn't order his Uber quick enough to get to the fucking studio and be ready. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> I just see intern Adam sneaky being like, oh yeah, I'm going to the Mavs game. I have season like season tickets. He's a Dallas guy. That's true. That's Do you have true. season tickets and you just didn't tell us? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> he says he does. Uh, Bucks Celtics. Surprising. No Bucks are still doing it. Celtics didn't look good. I didn't watch a lot of that game, but what I did watch, it, it, you don't want to lose game one like that. It wasn't particularly close. This is the first time I'm seeing this Giannis to Giannis alley-oop. Pretty oh, dope, yeah, huh? he did that. Yep, I could probably probably sell the. You want the? Uh, you want that top shot, Dave? No, I'll, I'll take your Serge Ibaka top shot, please. It didn't really pan out. Hasn't yet. Just wait. Him, check, him checking into the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. Philly at Miami, Embiid broken orbital bone. That's that sucks because I I've my disgust for the Heat is well known. I don't love Philly, but I do, I do like it when James Harden's in the mix just because he's so polarizing, and I still think he's a pretty fun player to watch, and they don't have any chance. They've got no chance. And a broken orbital series, I don't know what they're saying, if he, they're ruling him out for the rest of the series, but like he's going to be masked up if he comes back. I was going to say, you know what they say when he puts on the mask, Dave? What do they say? Let me know. Usually Ken John just leaves the uh, stage and the show goes on. Okay. That's a Rudy Giuliani reference. Fair, fair. Yeah, the Embiid issue was controversial or the injury because it's controversial because he got hurt when the Sixers were up like 25 points in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go on Toronto. Granted, Toronto had their starters in. Was uh, Doc Rivers' defense of of why he didn't pull his starters? I would say seven minutes is a little bit early to be, you know, calling timeouts, pulling out your starters and giving the standing ovation. Because in the NBA, a, a run, an 8-0 run, a 10-0 run can happen in much less time than that. So sure. I, I don't think he should have been just iced up on the sideline because that was, what, game six? So if they lose that, it goes to game seven. Like, that's not a for sure thing that you uh, you blame Doc for. I'm not, I'm not saying he should be blamed for this because we talked about this in a group text. Like, that was that elbow was – that had a message behind it, right? Um. But the prior play, uh, he didn't have to hit the uh, Jason Terry arms out runway after, you know, you're up 28 or whatever it was. And Embiid's running back down the court on the runway. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like you should, you arguably shouldn't be out there. Don't, don't do that. Next thing you know, his countrymen, they're both from Cameroon, right? 
They are. Okay. Yes, I understand. But yes. Did I say that wrong? No, no I think that was right. Wrong. I'm just laughing at this countryman still. No, like, so I, people were saying like, oh, dude, well, I, I did read something. It's like, no, they, they know each other. He wouldn't have done this on purpose. That looked like it had bad intentions. Like, so I don't know what their relationship is. But. I would say familiarity doesn't usually like result in like people easing up on one another in, in sports contests. Like if anything, you've got like some of the, okay, I'm approved that I'm better things going on and, and shit like that happens. Like they're not malicious after the fact, they're not trying to injure the other person, but they're certainly playing with a level of aggression where this thing happens more often than not. Well, I should say more often, but it, it certainly happens. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, my MGM app or anything like that with my picks, but again, I expect to see Mavs Suns. I expect to see the Bucks Heat. I don't want to see the Bucks play either of those two teams. I'm sorry. I expect to see Warrior Suns and then uh, Bucks Heat, but I don't want to see the Bucks play either of those two teams. The Heat, as much as I hate them, I respect Eric Spolstra, and they're a much more balanced team to go against the Suns or the Warriors. Um, watching Giannis stand at the top of the key, sw- swipe off his feet, and then just jetway right to the rim is not going to be pretty to see when you've got Devin Booker. And and Chris Paul again, you know, putting up points. If Middleton's not healthy, by the way. Yeah, I would. I, the more I'm thinking about it, I would not mind if it, should the Mavs not advance. I would not mind watching uh, uh, this Stephen Kerr, uh, excuse me, Splash Brothers, Curry and Clay uh, take Chris Paul out because I'm just thinking like how mad he would get as as Curry's like hitting a shimmy or something. Like, yeah, that might be a beautiful thing that I need. They, I mean, the old Clippers series with the Warriors when the Splash Brothers were just getting going that ended Doc's run in LA and Chris Paul's and everybody else's. Those were fun when they couldn't get out of the first or second round when the Warriors were, were putting them out of the playoffs. So uh, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I'm glad we're hitting this while we've got Cold Stove's own Brett Merriman with us because uh, while I'm all dialed in on NHL playoffs starting, I couldn't say that I could have told you much more than what I learned today about hockey. What did you learn today? Uh, that Calgary is actually in the Vancouver Banff area for sure. Um, that the Avs, if they call them that, and the Panthers. They do. Or the hot picks around town. Yeah, Florida, so, uh, the uh, pride of sunrise, Florida. That's TJ. I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought up the playoffs because boy, am I excited! You can get up more, all, all these takes and more on the Cold Stove Podcast. Myself and NRD breaking down everything weekly: speculation, rumors, anything from the NHL that you need to know. But the playoffs start tonight. Very exciting things, uh, KJ. I would suggest if you would like to watch a series, if you want to get into playoff hockey a little bit, we need your team pick. By the way, we did this last year. Dave picked the Blues, I believe, and they were swept in the first round or something like that. Did I pick the Blues? I think you did. Okay. It was either you or KJ. If you would have done that. Give me Carolina's social media team and uh, the unfortunate tweets of Pete Blackburn. Give me that series. I'm going to go with Carolina. Okay. Uh, The series that you should watch if you just want to get into playoff hockey for the first time, it is the best of playoffs of any sport. Maple Leafs lightning. Uh, Toronto Long has been chastised for not being able to go long distances. They're sort of the uh, uh, Rick Pitino of NHL teams in the playoffs. Um, They're playing the lightning consensus best team uh, over the last couple of years. 
series to watch that's going to be very fun is the Stars Calgary Flames. Ooh, day. Jerome Aginla. Well, he was there. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. Those he, are the days. He was there. Now, uh, now part of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Great Very player for him. Uh, the Flames have Johnny Goudreau, Boston College's own, versus the Stars. Uh, oh, a bunch of guys. Sagan, Jason Robertson. There, there you go. Jason Robertson. Rupe. Rupe. Joe Pavelski. The list goes on. Oh, you mean Pavs? Pavs. Yeah, I, I've always thought that this is really all about how well the the Flames attack the first line of the Stars, like. They've done well in, in, in leading themselves to the Pacific Division, you know, uh, title this season. They, they and have. They'll have a plan in place. But, you know, if, if for some reason the Stars' first line, like, has any success this series, then it might go past four games. I just don't see it happening. Calgary has a goalie that leads the league in shutouts this year. Maybe not top tier, if you will. Not up there with the name likes of two names I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, it should be a competitive uh, series. At the beginning of the games, maybe not enough depth on the Stars team to last much more than four. It's a remarkably accurate analysis from KJ. It's pretty good. Also, yeah. uh, KJ, you would like the uh, the Flames coach, Coach Suter. He was basically on a farm until they called him. They were like, hey, can you come out of retirement and coach this team? He said, sure. I like it. Good dude. Uh, I would also but- uh, like to bring the attention to the listener to see say that uh, applaud both David and I for respecting – Brett, so much that neither of us forced in uh, Rick Patino enjoying bussing at Maggiano's jokes during your rundown read. So no, I just had to force people know we can make those jokes. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's exciting stuff. Though the playoffs are, are some of the, the the best time of year for me because the game is such an elevated uh, in an elevated state from where it usually is. Like playoff basketball, kind of slows down. Possessions are more important. It's less high flying. Playoff hockey speeds up, more physicality. Uh, games are generally more intense. The scoring does go down, but uh, we'll see. In a historically high-scoring season, we'll see if the trend continues in the playoffs where it usually goes down. Uh, remind me what changes, if any, uh, were made following their bubble years with regards to roster depth and roster size going into the playoffs. Because that, that was a big thing in baseball, and I know in basketball, playoff rosters shrink. You might have 11 players get minutes throughout the season. You're going to have six, maybe seven uh, get minutes in the playoffs, especially later in rounds. How does that happen? Or what's that effect in in hockey? I'm not, you can expand your roster. Uh, I'm not sure the number on that. The biggest thing is in the NHL, the salary cap doesn't exist in the playoffs. So that's how uh, you might say the Tampa Bay Lightning, some some people would say cheated. Some people would say cap circumvention. Other people would say perfectly legal. Um, some, including a guy on the Tampa Bay Lightning, might wear a T-shirt that says $100 million on it, uh, which represents a 25% increase over the salary cap number that they played at in the playoffs last year. So there's some ways to take advantage of that system uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year. The Vegas Golden Knights would have done it this year, but... The biggest change, Cage, is the broadcast networks. All ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, and TBS, and ABC. So uh, we're getting a whole new crop of uh, analysis we have all year, but the first time they're doing the playoffs. So exciting stuff. So I can take speed TV off of my favorites? (laughs) I feel like the NHL playoff was on a stupid channel like that. It used to be on uh, Versus, if you remember. Once oh the my God. Outdoor Life Network. Those are the days. Where you would watch yeah, hundred right shows. Like Bone Thugs and Harmony and Wu-Tang had a battle, then hockey would be played, right? 
<laughs> different version. <laughs> oh man, Dave, who is your, so your? I would assume you go stars, right? Stars and seven. Stars and seven. I think the stars are going to make a little run. You're going to see Segs turn it on. He's putting the puck on the net, just not in it. Anyway, you know what? That's true. He's got to. He's got to finish. Serious comes down to speed. He's never had a problem finishing until recently. But yeah, it comes down to speed and what KJ said. Thanks. <laughs> uh, that's it for hockey. Exciting stuff. See you on Cold Stove uh, every Tuesday ish with myself and NRD. That's pretty good. Can't wait. Uh, you guys want to party? Oh yes. This is the section of the podcast where we uh, talk about sports, some lesser-known stories. But while we're doing that, we also party. Uh, I didn't real quick before we party too much. I did want to uh, take a moment to, you know, give T's and P's to James Madison University. Recently had uh, catcher who was a big part of their softball's national title a couple of years back. Uh, unfortunately, that suicide. Uh, oh gosh. James Madison University has opted to cancel the remainder of their seasons while they are grieving, and my thoughts are with them. All right, go ahead, Dave. You want me to do the sports party now? <laughs> follow that up, Dave. Uh, T's and P's. What's is Lincoln Riley tampering? What's going on here? Is he recruiting guys into the portal? Did you guys see this? This was the story going around yesterday and the day before. Training the bullet golf winner, right? <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh's uh, Jordan Addison, right? Makes no damn sense. So he said that he was entering the tra transfer portal. Apparently didn't officially do so, but then was seen in Los Angeles? Question mark? That's that's the rumor. And uh, apparently, uh, what's Pittsburgh coach? Is it Ardu what's it? Arduzzi? Arduzzi? Nardu Pat Narduzzi. Narduzzi. Nardini? Narduzzi. Uh, apparently, he had some choice words for Lincoln Riley on a on a telephone call. So that makes sense. The portal. People are mad. The port. I yeah. I need to figure out the portal because it seems like every other day somebody's like, "Oh, portal's closing." It's it's it, it's like a restaurant. The portal closes for the afternoon and then it's back open tomorrow. It's like it, it, there needs to be rules on when this portal is open and shut, and uh, I'm sure there will be going forward. But the portal's open every other day, so I, I, I don't understand those rules. I'm like, all the old Miss sites are up in arms. It's like, oh, tra transfer portal closes tomorrow. Better get our commits in. And then two weeks later, it's like, oh, here, name just entered. And uh, yeah. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm, I, I sound like all the guys in, in Louisiana and Mississippi that are, follow these things religiously. And now I'm one of them. Do you want to know some yeah. facts on the portal? Hit me. May 1st was the deadline for players to submit requests to enter the portal to their schools. Then the schools have 48 hours to put that player into the portal. So we'll know by today or tomorrow because he has not officially hit the portal yet. Mm. Just look at uh, it's off the dome. Just look at transcripts. People, uh, some some schools post uh, who has enrolled in their school. Like he's enrolled in like math, you know, three oh seven. A lot of the times, you, you can just look up a directory name and be like, oh, he's enrolled at USC before anybody picks it up. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I can tell you Mark Emmert won't be making those rules because uh, as he's been the president of the NCAA for the last 12 years, and um, I would say nobody has the opposite thought that he's just absolutely dog-fucked everything about the NCAA over the last 10 to 12 years and does not understand how to manage this NIL situation. Uh, it's, it's due time for a change. 
all signs are pointing to big mega conference, super SEC, Big Ten alignment type things in football. We can save that for another day, but uh, as I would say on PTI, happy trails, Mark Emmert, GFOH. Yeah, I won't miss him much. Uh, he's he's the ultimate case study. And like, what if I just leave an absolute clusterfuck for the next person? And see you later. I'm going to go gas my millions of dollars I get per year for running one tournament that makes any money and fucking up women's sports because they're not given anywhere near the same level of attention. So good, good riddance. We wish him well. Sort of. Also, uh, good riddance to Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer. I know, David, you had some thoughts in a group text. I didn't. Weekend. Not me. You just, it's not this guy. Stand <laughs> far away from it. Two year suspension was finally handled down by, handed down by base, baseball, MLB, if you will. Um, my take, if, 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 if I want to go there, I don't. Um, but he does. He's going anyway. He's partying. I'm glad the announcement was finally made. The whole ongoing renewal of suspension two weeks at a time was a little bit weird to me, especially since he was being paid that entire time. Now I, I, I think the assumption is now he's suspended. He's not going to be paid. Um, given that, what do you call it, uh, time in the majors and contract time has so much to do with the bargain agreement and baseball. I can't remember the, the phrase, but. I would argue that he should be able to forfeit whatever salary he received over the last six to seven months since these uh, two-week extension suspension things have been going on. Have that applied to his two-year suspension so that, quote-unquote, he'd be eligible to return to the league in a year and a half or whatever. Nobody's going to touch him. I just think it's weird to say it's a two-year punishment when, in fact, he's been suspended for two and a half years, even if he was paid for six months. Um, that's all I'm saying. I'm just, you know, all about equity. All does he equity. does he have to be on a team in order like to serve games? Does that make sense? Uh I'm no, I it's I think it's like a show well, it's not like a show cause where like you're only suspended if somebody's giving you a chance. Gotcha. It's two years from whatever. Two years date wise. Okay. Yeah. Speaking um, of show cause, we gotta talk Scott Frost. Yeah, what the fuck happened here? Uh believe they had a special teams analyst who was coaching players which i mean like to a regular person like okay that's not that big of a deal but that's on the on the uh on the scale of like football program scandals like this seems pretty light but um apparently yeah one year show cause and i think a five day suspension for scott frost which five days five days they gave him a vacation Correct. <laughs> what, what is it? A special teams analyst was coaching players? He was providing tactical instruction, I believe, is the, uh, the, the term. Field. Is that is not that his job? Like, uh, Well, here's the thing. I think it's the on-the-field aspect of it. So, so notably, like Alabama and now Texas with a certain coach who I have to mention because he had no players drafted in the draft recently from TCU, Gary Patterson at Texas. Uh, these analyst roles are often counted as like non-coaching staff positions. It's both the way for them not to violate like their um, agreements with their prior schools. So GP can oh, still get paid by schools okay. can. Um, but critical part of that is that you're – essentially breaking down other teams you are or breaking down film on other teams you're looking yourself scouting you're doing all sorts of things for the game plan but you're only communicating with the coaching staff 
You're not coaching players, breaking down film with them in the room or on the field leading instruction. That's where they went awry for this. But if he has to remain within like the boundaries of Lincoln for those five days, it's pretty tough. Ooh, okay. Well then. You've probably been through Lincoln, so you can make that joke. I've I've driven through there once. I might go through there. No, nah, I'm not going through there soon. I stayed but, at a uh, Hampton Inn in Lincoln. Beautiful. Speaking of analysts, I'd like to say happy belated birthday to the internet's new queen, girl boss, one and only, daughter of the bench coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Google whoever that is, and you'll know who we're referring to. Oh, you're not going <laughs> to? Well, I am Googling right now. Former, he might have oh. coached a franchise that is near and dear to my heart. Oh. Managed, I should say. Baseball guy. Former manager of a baseball team in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh. Has a daughter who's had a birthday, and she has announced that business is open for commerce. She's from Southlake, Dave. Interesting. What do you, what um, business, what kind of business are you saying? She's like graphic design. What, what are we talking about here? There are some graphics, something that's only for fans. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I'm, you know, I was trying to do research on it, but as like a happily married man and father of two in, uh, America, I was like, that just wouldn't be right. So I expensed it. Okay. Just, <laughs> You'll have to send that. What's on the wall. Get that approved by Dylan. I'll tell you what, twelve ninety nine a month. That's no joke. That must be the optimized here. My time Googling would be worth uh, more than that. So it's a bargain. And as far as I can uh, all right, but that's a lot of what has happened. Uh, what's up with Jordan Addison or the Reds? And then we can talk about what's My favorite on. note on sports party is that it just says the Cincinnati Reds are bad. Yeah, I'm like, what's are we talking are historically? We talking, some are they say. bad? Like, I mean, bad they, is in their underperforming, or bad? Like, their fans are trying to poop into tundras from the top of the stadium. Bad. Well, that's allegedly okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's been no no actual proof of that yet, but there there may be. In terms of like Cincinnati Reds all time scandals, there's that one owner who was particularly hard shot. Yeah, mm. she wasn't great. Uh, Super racist and a Nazi. You kind of throw those two together. Uh, this is this is number two probably their start this year. They are yeah uh, Baltimore Orioles of the last couple of years bad. Three and nineteen, Dave, to start the season. Well, I don't know what you're doing Friday, May six, but per Reddit, um, in the in this particular baseball game against the Pirates, this this young man or woman. Uh, will be scaling the wall to defecate in the bed of a Toyota Tundra. If anyone could take photos, he'd appreciate it, he or she. So why the why a Tundra? Is there some significance there that I'm missing? I mean, look, they're apparently great trucks, and maybe he's doing this like as a, a Truck Month brand activation. I was going to say, let me say this. If you're Toyota, you lean 100% into this. And you, um, do, you absolutely what, tweet about this. What if this is like the F-150 in uh, Jerry World? For those who don't know, like at the AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play, there is a um, very well designed, like suspended seven stories in the air near one of the exits. It's just on display like they have a fucking Carvana dealership in the middle of their stadium. Uh, What if somebody's going up there and and, and dropping a deuce? I will commend them because that seems like a lot of work. You get one chance. (laughs) 
No more streaking on the field. I want to see you scaling some, and taking some shits. I want to see the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot gainer flip into the Cowboys Toyota, or excuse me, F-150. And then yeah. defecate if, if they aren't into that kind of thing. As bad as that mascot is, I will say his, uh, his or her, the whole bit of, of bungee jumping is... It's electric. You can't fake it. You absolutely can't fake the uh, glory there. Is your uh, boy Shad Khan, KJ, in the running for Chelsea uh, FC? They own Fulham FC. So, so they, they okay, I would assume they're they're all set on EPL teams. Which, we're back in the Premier League, so we don't need Chelsea. Welcome back. Welcome. That's huge for you. Uh, big weekend, Diff. Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby draw happening as we speak, I believe. Ooh, who's who's supposed to win the race? I'm a Mo Donegal guy. Really? I am. I am. I couldn't really give you a whole lot of analysis. I was supposed to do that this past week, and I did not look at it at hey, all. Is a, are they letting our guy do it? Is he suspended? I was uh, just going to ask. Is Bobby? Baffert? Yeah, Baffert, right? Oh, uh, he's suspended from, I believe, Santa Anita. Well, that doesn't seem okay. But uh, he will not be doing anything with this Kentucky Derby now. Absence of Bob Baffert due to suspension being felt by fellow trainers. I saw where he's going to be actually outside of the gates at a Hooters signing autographs, a la John Daly at Augusta National. Is that true? Brett, you're the horse guy. You should know this. Uh, un- unconfirmed. It's Bob a Twin Baffert, Peaks, actually. He, yeah, he would be more of a Twin Peaks. Guy. Classy or better menu, honestly, but. Tilted kilt. Tilted kilt. I draw the line there. Yeah. The, You're not going to uh, catch me in the tilted Mo kilt. Mo my pick. He unfortunately got the rail, which I don't love. He's 10 to 1. Drugs. Um, well, not, it's different, Dave. What's that, KJ? Tim Yak team. Is that a, is that a horse? We're, st- we're talking about, we're not talking about Yak. Okay. Fair. fair. That one's not even uh, here. I'm sorry. Okay. Never mind. That's the trainer. I apologize. Zandon um, is, I believe, guy. the current favorite at three to one in the ten spot. That's a good horse. Also, not talking about Drudge. I'm, I'm bringing these names up because there is a list of four horses that were Bob Baffert's horses that have been moved to Tim Yak team. I thought that was a horse's name because it's a stupid fucking name. Apologies, <laughs> but uh, no offense. Horses are Black Adder, uncomfortable, uh, Doppelganger. McLaren Vale and a fourth one that I scrolled past. McLaren Vale sounds like a course in like uh, Scotland that is on like the 100 courses you have to play before you die kind of list. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Look out for Messier, KJ. Mark Messier, former New York Ranger great. He's 8-1 to one in the sixth spot. Love the black and yellow silks. Uh, excuse me, the number there. The silks are royal blue and a yellow star. Very nice. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Is that for Ukraine? No, that's just their their stable. Oh, okay. I didn't know if we uh, were showing our solidarity with the horses. Last time I was watching the, I, I think Monster used to have the uh, the the sponsors on the jockey stuff. That's look, for, sick. look for more of that this year. Very cool. Kentucky Derby is this weekend, to be clear, correct? Correct. Saturday, along with the Canelo fight. Ooh, yeah, so big one. We'll be in Cabo watching on our VPNs. The Kentucky Derby and the Canelo fight and NHL and NBA and MLB. And Miami Grand Prix, which is already stacking up to be one pricey night. I don't know if any of you know what Carbone is. Italian restaurant, expensive AF, New York thing. Sardell's is like their brunch outlet. Uh, 
they don't have a, I don't know if they have a full-time restaurant in Miami, but right now you're looking at about 25 grand a table. Just uh, for the res? Just for the res. Inflation. Thanks, no, Joe. We actually just got a Carbone in Dallas. It's right across right. from, uh, never mind. I don't give away my girlfriend's housing location, but well, you just, I kind of just did. Yeah, you kind of did. That's all right. What would this podcast be if we weren't doxing our gals? <laughs> doxing our gals sounds like a podcast that somebody does <laughs> that's like, <laughs> uh, never mind. It's just I'm a stop. gossip I'm going to stop. I'm gonna okay. Stop. Well, we can get out of here. KJ, sure. thanks for pipe, popping on and piping on. I don't know why. That was weird. Uh, Brett, thanks for filling in. <laughs> thanks, KJ, for piping. Thanks for me filling in. KJ, when do you move? Uh, the state of Texas has my rights for approximately two more full weeks. And then I will be doing both this job and my other from the road and, uh, road dog. and tuned in from a basement in Madison, Wisconsin from then on new studio vibes. Guess we're gonna have to do a Madison meetup. Oh, switch, twist my arm. We'll bring I would J-Bone. love to, everybody. J bone has made me like a believer in Madison and I've, I've, I, Never even got close to stepping foot. You were there. always a fan of her content. Okay. We will leave now. <laughs> bye bye. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Oh, man. That's a fun. That's a fun. Damn.